question. How much can you handle? Welcome uh, to Freightonomics. Uh, as much freight market intelligence and supply chain intelligence and macroeconomic data as you can handle here today. And welcome. I'm Zach Strickland, head of freight market intelligence. With me, as always, Anthony Smith, chief economist. We're here. Uh, we're here. We had F3 uh, not we did. long ago. We did. Um, slowly recovering from that. And typically at Slowly. F3 conferences, we're almost attached at the hip because like we're doing every single thing together. This time, I almost never, I, I barely saw I, you. I didn't see you entirely like for like a two day stretch. Yeah. I think I saw you like maybe once at the TI thing right. and then day three. Yeah. And and you were doing a good job bouncing all the people. <laughs> just, just bouncing people. There were some interesting stories that came out um, trying to see TI, which I don't blame them. I Maybe would have done the same thing, that. maybe. I don't know. You, you are an imposing force, Zach. <laughs> if people came across you, they'd be like, you know what? This guy means business. But F3 was an amazing time. If you missed it, we do have some videos on YouTube. So check out some of that content. It is amazing. And I'm sure it's all going to age very, very well. Also, we have a, a virtual um, event coming up, a Freight with Stevie event coming up right around the corner in December. So go over to live.freightwithstevie.com, get registered for that as well. But Zach, we have a whole show to get underway here and we have a special guest. Also, I'm going to be looking on LinkedIn, my last thing, um, from time to time and YouTube in case you want to join in on the show or if you have questions for our guests that will be joining us here shortly. But other than that, Zach, tease it out. Do we have a marketing too? Let's do it. Let's get this out of the way so we can get to the main the main event here. <laughs> so starting in three, <laughs> two, one, go. All right, let's lead it off with the OTVI. I think a lot of people in the transportation provider space are like, demand isn't a thing. Uh, but the OTVI actually says that it is a thing and it's been growing uh, relatively like stable uh, throughout the, the third quarter there. And then October, we had a little bit of a dip. If you look at that last little trough, that is the month of October where everybody decided to take fall break. Uh, and then the first part of November this month, Tender volumes shoot back up again, largely due to long haul tender volumes coming out of some of the uh, the D.C. centric areas of the country, Ontario, Dallas, uh, a little bit out of Chicago uh, as well. A lot of that freight, of course, is replenishment freight. So that does mean that we do have uh, some need for that in terms of inventory levels being corrected. Let's go to the next one. Um you know, we're looking at the OTRI here, Outbound Tender Rejection Index. It is, it, it, this chart makes it look more than it is, uh, but it is, uh, you know, still under 4%, which we consider extremely deflationary uh, in terms of rate pressures. And this is what really the carriers and transportation providers out there feel is this low level of rejection because there is just an abundance of capacity. Uh, last year, we got above 5%. I'm looking for this thing to get a little bit higher around Christmas time this year. Uh, doesn't mean that the market will have flipped by any means, but that will be a telling figure. So watch the O try around Christmas this year. If it gets, if it stays below 6%, it's going to be a long 2024 more than likely. Let's go to the next chart here. The NTI. So this is our national truckload index, as uninteresting as it can be. Uh, there is literally no movement in our NTI, which measures the average spot rate for drive ran loads moving more than 250 miles in the United States. This thing is just crawling along a bottom. Now, I think the biggest takeaway here is that rates aren't falling in aggregate. But if you look at some of the granular details and watch Donnie Gilbert and Tony Mulvey in the morning, you'll see that there is a little bit of a push and pull going on. Definitely a push and pull. And Zach, usually I have a few questions for you, so I, I won't keep it too long, but volumes right now. Yeah. I think you 
you came up with the title for today's. And I think you joked about it, but I think it's a great title. I mean, we're looking at demand versus supply instead mm-hmm. of, of course, supply usually comes first then demand. But demand right now, what are your expectations going into this time of year? And how does it vary from historical trends? I, and I know we can't go into historics too, too much. Yeah, no, no. It is a good question because we're we're in a world now where things have been largely broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, the traditional relationships are not what they were. Even I questioned the uh, GDP number. Yes. Like, what kind of math is this? As well, you should. <laughs> well, you know what I did? I actually reconciled uh, the GDP figure to OTVI monthly. Mm-hmm. And I did an average line. And this is not an apples to apples by any means. But it does help explain in context the OTVI average quarterly growth was 4.9% in the third quarter. (laughs) So trucking transactions actually mapped perfectly to the GDP number in the the third quarter this year uh, in terms of uh, growth. Yeah, and so that's one of the things that we always talk about is that, you know, we're looking at a freight recession. A lot of times when people are coming in from outside the industry, they're asking, well, so consumers just aren't buying anything. It's like, no, not so fast. They're buying things, um, but they're also spending on services as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we also have just a ton of capacity still on the roads, tons of drivers yeah. still driving. But also these consumers, they, they keep putting their all this money on a credit card. <laughs> yes, yes. And and, 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 I, and that's why I think we're both kind of questioning how sustainable is this demand? Not very. Um, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it can be very sustainable. And I know we're going to maybe get to econ real quick, but just want to throw this one out there. Retail sales down 0.1% for the month. Um, a lot of headlines say this is the first decline in seven months. Yeah. But it's also a thing that it's not adjusted for inflation. So there we go. There's likely been some declines <laughs> subtly. Um, Anything not adjusted months. for inflation just drives me nuts at this point. Like, yeah. what, what's the point? <laughs> also, a, a bit of a, I would say, interesting little tidbit here was that, um, of course, non-store retailers has a significant amount of e-commerce that goes into that. There is a Prime Day, and usually with Prime Day, there are other retailers that follow suit, and then they also have those deals. And a lot of deals started early, only a increase of 0.2%. So there was a slight pull forward, but not, and, and that increase of 0.2%, <clears throat> and you know, inflation's above 0.2%. So what does that really tell us? So it's really interesting to kind of look at some of the details here. In some of these reports. Yeah. Uh, I do want to get to one news topic real quick before we get to our special guest, which I'm very excited to. Uh, <laughs> annual LTL GRIs slightly ahead of schedule. This is something that I get asked a lot about is this LTL space. It is, it is again, broken <laughs> in terms of being disconnected from the larger market. Normally, LTL follows truckload. By about six to eight months, uh, we see LTL rates follow truckload rates. Well, this year, that got a big roadblock with the yellow exit. And and so this is an interesting component here. We're still seeing the dust settling from this yellow exit situation. Uh, a lot of the LTL providers that are mentioned in this article by Todd Maiden, an extremely well-written article as usual by him, uh, it, it basically are like, they're, they're pulling these early. These are all early. They're a month to two months ahead of schedule. And this tells me they know what's about to happen. Mm. They know that the next year it looks soft. We're going to take advantage of it right now. Super smart decision. I was an LTL pricing uh, guy. I would do the exact same thing if I could, knowing that this is a huge task. But I, I, again, my hat's off to all the pricing people in all of these LTL companies because GRIs are not easy. Uh, That is normally like one of the hardest things you do. 
out there is managing this. So they're taking, you know, somewhere between about a five to eight percent GRI. The the purpose of this article was uh, around Old Dominion, uh, kind of the gold standard for LTL. But it just tells me that the LTL space is number one, still feeling that yellow exit uh, pressure. They're getting a little bit of a, that demand inflection, but also they know they're signaling to you. They know that next year it's going to get back to a more competitive space. This is an interesting one because, it, like you said, they understand what's uh, kind of on the the roadmap here. And there was another article that really a lot of executives are kicking the soft market can down the road a little bit more into yeah. 2024. And I think that kind of marries well with this one right here. And it's just that expectation yeah. of what's to come. And I think even if we start to see a, a shift in the market, I think a lot of executives may look to play on that a little bit longer just in case it kind of helps out with quarterly calls. But Zach, let's get let's get to it. You know, him, <laughs> you love him. He's here. I can't believe it. Zach, uh, it's it's Zach. I know. Zach, thanks for joining us. This hey, morning. guys. Dr. Oh, Rogers. Wait, wait. Oh, there we go. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my uh, my pirate uh, Wi-Fi I'm using is coming in loud and clear, so I, I figured out how to bounce it off uh, some antenna in the U.S. Uh, instead of last time, I think we were going through the Netherlands, so we should be in better shape uh, this time, I think. Oh, Excellent. Thank, yeah, thank goodness for that. Uh, so I'm I'm excited you're here, and I want to take advantage of every pure second that we have you, uh, Doctor Rogers. Let's. Let's get into it, man. Uh, so g- give us a quick recap of what you're seeing in the LMI uh, for October. Let's talk about it. So for everyone who uh, who doesn't remember, uh, not the longtime viewers, LMI, any number over 50 means growth. Any number under 50 means uh, contraction. We ask a whole bunch of people every month uh, who are very plugged into the industry what's going on. So the LMI, the overall score we got in October is the highest score that we have had um basically since january of this year so if you remember january and it's kind of funny to think back in january remember there was like oh hey maybe the freight market's turning around uh things could be getting better things were up a little bit and that was all fool's gold of course that was sort of some some echoes of things that were late over the holiday season uh, essentially is what it was and so if, if you if you throw january out then we're at the highest level that we've had basically since last summer uh, sort of when the freight recession was just getting going. And so that's that's encouraging on a lot of levels. Now, what's driving us to be up at a, at a, at a level? By the way, I should have said the level's 56.5, which is a very solid rate of, of expansion. You know, we were in contraction uh, April, or sorry, May, June, and July. We we're in contraction. And here's what's so funny. You guys were talking about YRC. And literally right when yellow drops out is when we see things start to turn around. Like halfway through July, we saw suddenly things start to move up just a little bit. Uh, And there's a couple of reasons for that. On the freight side, obviously, there's some capacity exiting and capacity needed to exit before we could start to get back to to a a decent place. But also, we are seeing some inventories come back. You know, the the other thing that, that moved from negative to positive this month was inventory levels. We'd had five consecutive uh, months of inventory contraction. So, um, May through September, we had inventory levels in the 40s, uh, so they were contracting. And uh, and again, hit our nadir in July. We we're at a 41.9, the lowest we've ever had for that metric uh, by a good margin. And then in October, at 53.4. And so we're seeing some growth happen in inventories. And as inventories come back, uh, that should 
drive everything else in the logistics industry. Oh, hey, good job, Isaiah. Uh, you know, we, we, we had, um, we had a, uh, you know, the last year, you can look at that chart and you can see where we were in the beginning of last year, 80s, 70s. It took a long time, even with as aggressive as we were being, and we saw companies and, and retailers with you know, sales and, and just getting everything out of there. It took a long time for us to really drill inventories down. Really not until this summer did we finally drill it down. And so now we're moving into this, this stage of, okay, do we restock for the holiday season and, and Q4 and all the traditional stuff? And I know that, yeah, it's not going to be the peak that we saw in 2021. And, and that's certainly what our respondents are telling us. But you know, they're also all fairly sure that December 25th is still going to be Christmas morning and that they're still going to want to have, you know, people are going to have presents. We're still going to go on trips. We're still going to buy things. And so we are seeing inventories come back. And it's interesting where we see the inventories coming back. You know, every month we break out all of our uh, readings into upstream and, and downstream. And uh, we saw downstream growing much, much more quickly. There you cut on the spot, Isaiah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, give this man a He's feeling good today. You give this man a face, Craig. Uh, <laughs> but, but so we, we, got, we got a 59 uh, for downstream and, and upstream is at about 50. Okay, so that shows downstream is retailers. We have retailers pushing things forward. And the most interesting of all these breakouts for inventories, and then we can start talking about uh, are the metrics, is small versus large. Uh, so, so we always look at um, companies, respondents with less than 1,000, Respondents with more than a thousand, and look at that. All the growth in inventories is coming from the little guys. You know, we kind of, I think, have seen all these bigger companies. You know, Target, Walmart. We've seen articles where they're saying, "Yeah, we've we've gotten back to equilibrium. Things are getting better." It's the smaller uh, companies, and it's the smaller downstream companies specifically where we see this growth. And, and what I think that reflects is that the smaller ones were the ones who were hurt the most by inflation and by having way too much inventory after uh, Q4 of 2021. You know, we had a ton of inventory. We didn't have uh, the big cash reserves everybody else has. And they, I think, really waited until the last possible second because October is late to be bringing things in for Q4 because, you know, October's in Q4. October is late to bring things in, but that's where we finally, and we've been wondering, are the small companies ever coming back or are they gonna play it safe because they're too scared? And I think it's a combination of two things. One, there's some anticipation of, of retail spending. You know, Anthony, I agree. Uh, we're putting it all in credit cards, but maybe that's what we're just going to do for the rest of the year. Uh, and, and, two, uh, and two, because of softness in transportation markets, JIT is pretty affordable again. And so we have folks, especially these little guys, bringing stuff in kind of at the last minute uh, and that movement of inventory is reflecting our warehousing, reflecting our transportation. And it's the real thing that's moving the LMI back up to the highest levels uh, pretty much that we've seen this year. Now, Zach, did you just did you read my chart of the week this week? Because that that sounds a lot. It sounds like we're agreeing on something pretty strongly. I think the title of it was something about last minute. Uh, I saw a spike in last and, and these uh, long haul volumes coming out of Los Angeles, which, of course, home to the Inland Empire. Uh, and some of the big DCs and Dallas uh, and, and some of these markets where it did like exactly what you're saying. It, it looks like a replenishment push at the last minute because they're sitting there knowing they're not trying to commit too much to their downstream warehouses just yet. 
Uh, and they're waiting for that demand to kind of give them a reason to push forward. And since transportation is super cheap, might as well wait, right? right. Exactly. And, and the other thing that, that goes with that, Zach, is warehouses are not super cheap. Right. And so you don't <laughs> want to have stuff that's just sitting there. That's That's been our problem for the last year yeah. is warehouses are really expensive. And so if we can push it back to transportation, that's great. You know what? It's, it, it's not dissimilar from remember when people were just leaving inventory on rail cars during the <laughs> pandemic because <laughs> there was nowhere to put it. It's, you know, now they're leaving it, you know, let's have the supplier have it and we'll get a truck at the last second. Because think about all the, you know, I, I bet there's some carriers right now that would give you pretty good rates on, on rush deliveries. And so let's take advantage of that part of the market and everything can kind of show up at the last second. Um, one thing I would say is, you know, I think, I think the LMI came out before the chart of the week. So maybe you copied me. Oh, <laughs> oh we're not going to get into that. We're not going to hoop in before. Do a, a but, fact check. Yeah. Here. We have to do a deep dive and I'm all for it. I got the timestamp on this thing. <laughs> and, and, and Dr. Rogers, one of the things you mentioned was that GIT being a little bit more affordable. One of the other charts that you have available is going to be transportation prices. And we've started to see a, an upward movement here, of course, still under 50, that, that growth threshold. But what are your expectations or, or, or takeaways when seeing this upward movement, even though it's still in contraction overall and transportation prices? Well, that that 44.4, you'll notice, is our highest number since last September. So September of, of 2022. And so we've really slowed down our, our rate of, of contraction for transportation. And again, you can see where is the inflection point this summer right around the time where, where we see yellow drop out. And May, that, that low of 27 for May, that really lines up with where our low for inventories were when it was like 41 or whatever it was. And so we, we see everything has been kind of moving uh, together a, a little bit. Um, and, and the thing that, that I think is, is most interesting about this is when you compare transportation uh, prices uh, throughout the supply chain, you know, uh, um, downstream, and we don't have to put the graph up again, but 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 downstream, our transportation prices this month were fifty three point seven. Uh, upstream still forty, so upstream's a little slow, but but fifty three point seven. And here's what I think that I think that backs up some of our JIT theories, Zach, because the people who are downstream are the ones who are trying to get goods to stores or to fulfillment centers, and so we've seen fifty three point seven. That is our first sign of growth in transportation prices in either side of the supply chain, up or down, uh, since the summer of 2022. And so it's not the whole market. We're still negative overall when you take everything into account. But downstream, where consumers are, we actually saw, and now 53 is a moderate rate of growth, but we saw growth for the first time. And I, and I think that's really key. And, and it goes, I think, Anthony, also your thesis that um, consumers are the ones driving the economy and, and the split that we have, because it's, it's 53 downstream, 40 upstream. It reminds me of, of 2019 when we first started doing upstream downstream, when we had the kind of upstream freight recession and then downstream, uh, things were, things were still strong. Um, the other piece I'd throw into that is, is transportation capacities. And so transportation capacity in October uh, it expanded at a rate of, of 56.7. Now, that is the lowest rate of, uh, of, con of expansion that we've had since March of 2022, okay? 
March of 2022 is sort of when everything turned. Remember, we had the invasion of Ukraine the last week of February. Gas prices went crazy. And so March, we still had some some contraction because of contracts that were already set or, or whatever. But then we went into growth. Um, uh, that April, we, we got a, a 56.9, so just slightly higher than what we have now. And it went up uh, all through uh, last year and, and most of this year in the 70s. And we were in the 70s until yellow. And then we go down to 66, 60, back up 64, down to 56 and a half. And so if you look at the curves together of transportation capacity and transportation price, transportation price is going up, transportation capacity is going down like this. And anytime those lines invert, and, and we've been calling this a freight inversion, anytime those lines invert, that means something is, has changed. We've had five inversions uh, in the history of, of the LMI, um, the, uh, the, the trade war, the, the sort, which sort of led to the 2019 freight recession, uh, two right at the beginning of COVID, two right at the beginning of COVID, went down, then went back up. That was kind of lockdown and then the explosion. Um, Ukraine uh, and inflation going crazy. And now here we are. Now we're not to the fifth one yet. So I guess we've had four and, and maybe a fifth one could be coming. But, you know, we, we have our capacity line, our transportation line. Anytime those cross, that's when we say there's there's been an inversion. So when suddenly capacity starts going faster than price or vice versa. Okay, so when price starts going up faster than capacity, we're back in a pretty good freight market. When capacity is going up faster than price, we're in a bad freight market. And in, in June, those two numbers for our, our uh, capacity and our price were 40 points apart. So, which is the by far the largest gap we've ever had uh, going in that direction. In October, is down to 11. And so they haven't inverted yet, and maybe they won't. But the trends say we're moving back towards a time when price is going to start going up faster than capacity. And for us, what that is, is, you know, if they're both the same, that's supply and demand at equilibrium. Once transportation uh, prices pass transportation capacity, that's telling us that demand is just starting to go up faster than supply, and we're getting back into uh, a healthier freight market. Oh man, this is this is great. This, this actually feels like a chart of the week right there. Uh, <laughs> I might steal that from you and completely. Yeah, but, I mean, you. you steal all my other ideas. I mean. <laughs> Uh, so yes, for sure, because it makes too much sense. So I'm actually looking at the LMI uh, price and capacity, and you're and you're right. It's almost like the gator mouth is starting to close now. My question here is: Are you seeing? <clears throat> I think for the gator mouth to actually complete that that circle that loop, we need demand to kind of remain resilient, right? Like this is. I think Anthony and I have both sat up here and debated how confident are we in the in the transportation demand situation. The OTBI is unseasonably strong uh, throughout the third quarter. Uh, it kind of did what we thought it would do in October, but it's still not weakening uh, as it would traditionally feel like when a market's this loose. Um, what are your thoughts on the demand side? Are you seeing anything in your respondents' uh, data that says that they foresee demand being resilient? Yes. So when we look at our, our future predictions graph, which I, I think I sent that over as well, um, you know, we, we asked people, OK, 12 months out, uh, where, where are we going with everything? And if you look at this, this is, you know, or again, compare transportation capacity, 47.8 to transportation price, 65. That's a nice number. That's that's and and, and what it is, is it's a sustainable, healthy number. It's not 
2021 when capacity was down at 25 <laughs> and and prices were at 90 and and the sky was on fire this right. 47 basically you know 47.8 that is capacity is is going down slightly but we're not going to see this really crazy situation where we we can't nearly fill everything and and prices go through the roof and 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 supply prices going through the roof was the main driver of inflation by the way you know the thing that got inflation down was not necessarily the Fed just smacking the economy with a hammer. I mean, maybe that helped a little bit. But what really happened was supply inflation dropped. Uh, and when supply inflation went down and supply inflation really started going down uh, at the end of spring this year because all that inventory got carried out, that's when suddenly inflation got better. And we act like, oh, maybe it was the interest rates. It wasn't the interest rates. Because as you said, Anthony, people are still spending money. What it was <laughs> is the cost of supply got much cheaper. And so that to me, you know, says, okay, we want to have moderate, uh, you know, healthy, healthy rates of growth for transportation price, warehousing price, and our, our future numbers for warehousing price is 69, transportation price 65, inventory costs 67. Those are all healthy rates of growth that are pretty close to the all-time averages for those numbers. And in terms of, okay, will demand stay? Well, here's what's so interesting. We have inventory costs, future predictions up here at, at 66, inventory levels at 55. Now, that's odd in some ways because usually those kind of go together, but here's what I think this means. 55, that's like replacement level plus a little bit. Right. That tells me JIT. Right. Okay. So, and if, and if we go back to JIT, the nice thing about JIT for the freight market is that means turns. Things are turning quickly. And so... If we have, if this graph comes true, and, and generally our respondents have been pretty good, other than times when a pandemic happens, they've been pretty good future <laughs> future prediction-wise. Um, if this is what happens and we stay at that 55.7, that means JIT, and that I think is, is reflected in the kind of prices and moderation for capacity that, uh, that our respondents are predicting over the next 12 months. And... Dr. Rogers, in the final minute or two that we have here, can you talk quickly to warehousing and warehousing situation? So, for example, on the warehousing prices component is at a 70.7. This is something that you talked about in the past where it's going to be a lot slower to react here. Can you tell us a little bit about what to expect on the warehousing side after hearing what's going on with inventories? Yeah, you know, warehousing capacity is like the good student in my class who I don't pay attention to because they're just fine. Like, they, like there's no drama there. Um, uh, shout out to, they know who they are. Uh, but, but so yeah, warehousing is pretty much steady. Uh, you know, it's a, a 70 for, for price growth. And that is up from where we were. We were down at 60 in July, uh, the dark days of July. Um, and, and that's because inventories have been going back up and utilization rates climbed as well. You know, it's funny. We saw utilization in July get down to 52 and a half for warehousing. And we've never had a negative number for warehousing utilization. We've always been utilizing more space month to month. And we actually said that month, you know, we could see this go negative for the first time. And that would be a real shift in the warehousing market. Well, last month it came in at 66.9. And so, which is pretty much right back at average. And it seems like we have the warehousing space that we need. And it is being heavily, heavily utilized um, uh, downstream right? Downstream uh, uh, prices are a little bit higher, although, uh, and, and, and capacity is, is going down a little faster for them, as we would expect. 
What's interesting is when we look at future stuff, upstream is actually has has higher predictions, which I think is is encouraging. So upstream is is higher um, than than downstream on future price predictions for warehouse by seven points seventy one to sixty four, and then lower. And remember, lower would be busier on capacity at, at fifty three to sixty one. And what that tells me is that the upstream part of the economy, the B2B part of the economy, where we're moving bulky things around, things that fill up trucks and intermodal cars pretty well, that's going to start catching up to where downstream was uh, this year. So so but in the next year, a lot of that gap in the growth we're seeing, especially on the warehouse side, is going to be upstream, which tells me that we're going to have a little bit more activity on both sides of the supply chain, which will be nice in terms of balance. Oh man. So you're, you're basically calling the market turning next year, right? Like a, we got a full like correction in place. Look at this. It's the, well, I mean, it's always a cycle. So, so you would, <laughs> you would think this one's long enough. Uh, but it's, it's the respondents. It's the wisdom of the crowd. You ask a couple hundred really smart people what they think and you average it together. And, and that's what they, you know, that's what they go with. You know, I, I, I try to always bow to the wisdom of others. That's why I wore my cool little zip up today. I, I want to <laughs> I love it. Well, Dr. thank you Rogers, so much. Thank you. Uh, yeah, for for coming out here. Uh, you know, tell everybody where they can find more about you and the LMI. Oh yeah, uh, our our reports go up every month, first Tuesday of every month. Uh, the the LMI dot com. The last month the reports are, are up there for free uh, for anybody who wants to to participate. Uh, we're always happy to have more smart respondents to help us out, and uh, and of course. Drink more water. Drink more water. I <laughs> love it. State. Also, Zach, shout out. Shout out to Colorado State, yeah. also New Mexico State, eight and three right now, Dude. doing things. Look at that. Going bowling. Wait, what, what conference is that? Conference USA. Yeah,